Back to the Harlan podcast. It's episode two. I'm here at my good. Let's go. Hey. And we're going to be talking about a few different things, mainly around DC and Pixar. Um, cool. So that should be fun. We'll start off with uh, what are your thoughts on DC's kind of out of character um, new identity kind of in a way where like people actually like the stuff they're putting out more, even though. Birds of Prey has been a little bit mixed uh, mm. compared to, the, let's say, the first five movies. Com- compare those to the last three. Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't seen Birds of Prey or Joker, right? So I can't really compare those to what right. I've already seen before. Um, it's kind of funny that I've stopped watching the DC movies right when they supposedly get good. <laughs> right. <laughs> I no. But um, no, I love it. I love what they're doing. I think it's awesome. I think it's incredible. I think it's it's great that they're doing something different, that they're tired of breaking the mold, especially since like Fox has been bought by Disney now and everything, right? And I feel like Fox was kind of, before DC started doing their weird creative stuff, like Fox was the company to sort of initiate that with Deadpool, with Logan, with all yeah. these weird Fox films, right? Um, yeah, and now that... Yeah, Disney's not going to do that with them. Or at least I have a strong feeling they're not going to continue that after New Mutants. And I think it's great that DC's sort of taking up that mantle and keeping the genre fresh. Yeah, I completely agree. That's what I was thinking about when I was kind of when I was coming up with the, the topics and I was going through all the DC movies. Uh, the one thing that I can at least give them credit for, even before the new films, is that they've always kind of shaken things up. They they could find a mold, but they never really, you know, stick to it. Um, they're always willing to go out the box, especially in TV. Like, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, they canceled the swamp, but no other company would have even done it in the first place. Yeah, so exactly. it's like, you got to give them credit just for doing that in the first place. And then with the movies, it's like, nobody would have done a Joker movie. Nobody would have thought that a protagonist yeah. like the Joker could carry a film, especially in the way that it does in the movie. I know you haven't seen it yet, so I'm not going to mm, say too much, yeah. but no one would have made a film but DC. Yeah. Especially not Marvel. Yeah, I mean, I should, we should probably preface by saying that there's going to be a lot of spoilers as we go on for a lot of different movies. So uh, if for we sure. talk about a movie and both of us have seen it, then you can expect that there are going to be spoilers. Hundred <laughs> percent. Basically, the only movies that aren't going to get spoiled are that we're going to talk about is Birds of Prey, Onward, and Joker. Those are the only three that yeah, won't yeah, be spoiled. Yeah. Neither one of us has seen Onward. And the other two, he has. Yeah. Surprisingly, everything else. Surprisingly, I have not gotten spoiled by Joker. Like, like I've gotten spoiled by like the end stuff, you know, like the big stuff. But all the littler stuff. Yeah. Really, like I don't know what happens in the first two acts. I only know what happens in the third. That's act. good. Yeah, so a that's lot all of it ma- a big surprise for me. I will say that's all that matters. I would say the ending is almost kind of, in a way, expected because it's like this big, big ending, and mm. it's chaotic. And you expect that from a Joker movie, but oh, the yeah. first two acts, compared to the third act, completely threw me off guard. And are, you're you're not going to go in really mm. ready for what the first two acts give you. I'm being 100 percent honest. You're yeah. not ready for it because it's not oh, what man. you expect. Yeah, I mean, on the subject of Joker, we should also talk about the Oscars and the Oscar nominees and that whole thing. My biggest problem with the Oscars always has been the fact that they're predictable. Oh, yeah. But this year they were more predictable, I guess. Everyone loved it because, like, everyone loves Parasite. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen Parasite. I know you have, and you don't think it's the greatest thing in the world. Well, yeah, I I I do like it. 
and I respect it a lot. Yeah. And I think that it does in many ways, like it did in many ways, deserve to win. I just, like I said, it didn't personally do anything for me, which I mean, that happens, right? Like when you make a movie, you, you can't expect it to reach every audience possible. Nobody's ever going to make a movie like that. So it's just happened not to work for me. Right, yeah, I, I, get what, I get what you're saying. See, I know a lot of people are going to be upset. I'm not a big foreign film guy. It's not like I completely like disregard them. It's just yeah. I like to watch a movie in a way where like it's so good that I can watch it with my eyes closed, if that makes sense. You know, mm. I can watch there's movies I can watch like Good Will Hunting. I could watch that movie. Yeah. Like with no vision and still love every minute of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For, to me, the movie really connect to me. I got to be able to watch it with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. I know that's interesting. I like that. Um, there's, but um, I don't know. I think foreign films are best to watch in theaters. Personally, uh, I think that you can watch a foreign film at home. Like, and obviously, people should. I mean, there are a lot of great foreign films out there. But I think that especially nowadays everybody's so like connected with technology and everything and we all have to be like everything has to be fast everything has to be quick like we all yeah. have, honestly we all have short attention spans <laughs> at least i do that's true um, and yeah, I do foreign too. films i don't like i love watching them i love watching uh, the great foreign films are incredible but um they're some of the best pieces of film out there but I just, my attention span, it could be so hard to just keep consistently focusing on that film while it's playing. I can, and I have to because there's subtitles, right? So I have to keep my eyes on it yeah. every second or I might miss something huge and important. I, compl- I completely agree with that. That was my biggest issue with The Farewell is either A, I couldn't pay attention and then I had to rewind. And then when I rewinded what I watched... Like I just go, it goes back to the whole got to be able to watch with my eyes closed thing. I just couldn't connect with it. But I mm. like I understand. I I understood it and I I watched it and I got it enough to to realize like it is probably a really great movie. Just it wasn't a movie that hit with me in the same mm. way where you're like Parasite didn't hit super hard with you. The Feral didn't yeah. hit super hard with me. I get why people love it. Yeah. Um. I was actually. But um, yeah. Back to the Oscars. Parasite's not mm. the only shocking. Not Parasite was probably the only thing that um was kind of shocking because it won a couple of those awards that people didn't expect it to win. Another yeah. thing, uh, for me is Joker. Two, what is it? Mm. Two wins out of eleven nominations. I mean, yeah, eleven nominations was crazy. That was that was. How could you? I was like, how could they even come up with like eleven reasons to nominate this movie? I don't understand. Like, yeah, I love the movie. I gave it a nine point seven. How I couldn't come up with eleven. I came up with like maybe four categories. If I'm being honest. Mm, yeah, I. The Oscars is all about controversy, right? That's what they want to do. They want to stir up controversy because they want people to watch it, right? They want ratings because first and foremost, that's what matters. The awards don't really matter. What matters is the ratings, how much they get in in that aspect. Oh, yeah. Well, to be fair, I can stop caring about the Oscars after um, 2016. Oh yeah, but, they're just a complete joke. Like I just, I just love seeing how much, how, how the the hole that they dig themselves in every year. Like after it gets the deeper and deeper. Rhapsody. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody and Suicide Squad. 
Oh, Suicide Squad one you can almost justify, but it's like yeah. it's so yeah, bad. You the, can, yeah, honestly, I I can get it because some of the visual effects in Suicide Squad, especially the practical stuff, are really good. Like Killer Croc yeah. has an incredible, incredibly built practical suit. You know that took exactly. them hours and hours and hours and hours to do. There's not a single scene that's edited well enough to give it best editing, let alone the whole film. Mm. Like, come on, it's one of the. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Twitter I mean, even. The- I mean, even the like, editor is ashamed of it, right? Like, even the editor is ashamed of, of his edit of that film because he was rushed by the studio. Like, I mean, good for him for getting an award, I guess. Like, it must feel good to go up there and grab and, you know, hold an Oscar and stand in front of all those people. But, I mean, personally, if I made that edit, I would feel – I'd feel a little bit of shame personally just because I'd be like, that's well, not yeah. <laughs> that's not my edit. That's not something I did. I didn't really win this award, you know? The studio did. Like yeah, I think great. I think winning the award is even worse when you really really think about it. Cause it's like if you yeah. don't win the award, it's just like okay, bad editing job on a movie. Who cares? It happens, right? Yeah. But winning an award from and everyone mocking you—that's kind of depressing. Yeah, that that probably hurt him a bit. But like I said, he he doesn't like the edit himself. The only thing, and nobody nobody right. blames. Like when people say that they don't like the edit, nobody calls him out by name. You know, nobody says why did the editor do this. They just say, I don't like the edit. At least that's from what I've heard. I mean, there could be people, there probably are oh, people yeah. that do that, but well, they're a minority. Well, yeah, the reason why it's edited so poorly is very obvious. I mean, like, there's two mm-hmm. halves of the films are completely different because they're directed yeah, yeah. by two different people. Oh, yeah. Visions. No way of making a coherent, a coherent film out of that. No way. Mm-hmm. So I can't blame anyone at all except for the dirtbag pedophile that got fired in the first place. It's really yeah. his fault. Yeah, the director of a uh, Superman Returns with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. If there was any way to make that movie harder to watch, then <laughs> wow, uh, that's rough. I Poor Brandon Routh. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's like because Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like like I've only said I hate the movie. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It could have been a good movie. You could see the potential. It's like they should have just yeah. got the second director in the first place because he did a great a great job with the second half of this movie, which is mm. literally completely different from the first half. Yeah. But, I mean, I've got to give respect to everyone that worked on that movie because it could not have been easy to have to go back and like to put the insane amount of effort they would have had to do to shoot it the first time, especially with someone yeah. like Brian Singer, who is infamous being a terrible director like not showing up on time not doing his job just making everyone's mm. life horrible and to do that to have to go through that terrible circumstance and then have to go back and do it again but see a little bit better i mean it's a wonder that they made anything at all you know <laughs> when anything yeah, came out of that so i have to give all of my respect to the people that worked on that like regardless of the finished product i mean they they went out and they did it you know they actually made it, which is very impressive. I mean, I guess they were under a studio and they were getting paid a lot, but still impressive, <laughs> yeah. nonetheless. I mean, I, com- I I completely agree for sure. My yeah. my thing is, I almost hate that the movie exists, and it's not because mm-hmm. of yeah. the quality of it. It's because this is the issue with a with a, a genre film. This is what I'm I'm just gonna say that we're mm-hmm. like a film a one like a film in a genre that's really really good. And now all of a sudden, every film in that genre is really, really good. And it's what happened with Rocketman. People expected all these nominations for Rocketman. And Rocketman's a good movie. It's better than Bohemian Rhapsody. It's not great. Mm. It shouldn't have gotten nominated for everything. But people, they expected it to get nominated for everything. The only thing for me that it should have gotten nominated for, it should have won for, was costume. 
Mm, That's yeah. it. But well, I, mean, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think they got nominated for male lead performance. There was too many that were just way better and outshined. Yeah. Well, I mean, people only see so many movies a year, right? Like they just kind of base it, and everybody has a different perception on these things. So I mean, well, I'm no, like I'm I said, no, awards are a joke by this point. I mean, people I, win what they what they want. Yeah. Twitter critic slash letterbox guys that watch a hundred movies a year. Oh yeah. I don't I don't understand how they really thought Rocket Man should have got nominated for all these things. To me, it's like if you watch the big Oscar movies, you'd understand why it didn't get nominated mm. for a lot. I mean, like maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe it hit something personal for them, you know, because that's that's really what film is. Film's a very personal experience and maybe they saw something in it and i mean hey good for them too good for them for being able to see something that that you weren't able to see right yeah yeah, i guess so but i I feel like it's just like everything's tangling on the biography rope at this point Mm, the same thing happened with judy because lupita doesn't even get nominated who is fucking phenomenal and should have won let alone nominated at least and yeah. Rennie, Renee Zellweger, I think, yeah, whatever yeah, her right. name is. Yeah, no it. disrespect. I'm, not, I'm just not great at pronouncing names. No, you got it. You got it on the She head. won, and she was amazing, but she, I don't think she deserved that. I feel like it was the character she played that got her the win in the same way that mm. I think Rami Malik won. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name well right either. Mm. He won because of the role. Yeah. Well, and I mean, people that's... wanted Teron Edgerton. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right either. They wanted him to win because of the role. And it's mm. like, you can have a great role and a great character that has all this history, but if you don't have a great actor, it means nothing. In the same way that they nominated, I'm just going to say the girl that played the lead, the lead in Harriet, because I definitely can't pronounce her name. Oh, um, yeah. I know who you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, she got nominated over Lupita. But because of the role, though, it's not really because of the performance, it's because of the role. Mm. And it's kind of disappointing when that happens because you, you overlook so many great yeah. um, fictional characters and so many great performances when you're focusing on the based on real life role characters instead. Yeah. And most I mean, of those based on real life characters, the people they're based on will come out and say they hated it because it's nothing like the real story. Yeah. I mean, with with the Lupita thing, the Academy's also always has sort of a bias towards horror movies. Like unless they've made like some sort of I, gigantic, significant impact, and they're barely even horror. You know, like Get Out, which is more of a yeah. sharp satirical thriller but, than anything else. Then they're not going to really make an impact on the Academy. The Academy's not really going to you know the, the uh, justify putting it in the awards. They're not going to you know. I know. I get that to a certain extent. Yeah. But to me, the fact that to me, us was a shoe in for something. Yeah. Because you could give it a throwaway thing, like to nominate, not to win. Didn't even get nominated. Didn't even get nominated for score. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a shoe in. Yeah, the score was pretty incredible. Um, But also, I will say, Joker score is phenomenal, and it was definitely my front runner. Heard a couple bits of it. I still listen to it. Yeah, I listened to it when it came out. Like, I was like, oh, a lot of people are calling the score really good. I might just listen to it without context of the scenes. Which it's good. Be interesting. Yeah. It's good, but I it's incredible. It. Uh, good outside of the movie, but it's incredible with the film. Mm. Like, the, the opening song and the opening scene of Joker, yeah. absolutely phenomenal. 
I listen to that sometimes just without the movie. Within within the movie, it's really powerful. I went to see with like I think four or five people. Every mm. single person agreed. Score was phenomenal. We all agreed that first song was incredible. I'm t- That's awesome. You gotta watch this movie, man, because it's a it's a really good movie. Even if you don't like uh, it, yeah, I know there's gonna be parts of this movie that you will appreciate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, definitely the cinematography, from what I could tell by the trailer. Oh, pretty yeah. well shot. It, it's good. It's oh, it's a re- This movie is a really, really, really well shot film, and unlike a lot of other really well shot films, I didn't really see any like shots or scenes that were kind of like that felt like they were just in there to be artistic and could have been a throwaway mm. shots like a yeah. lot of movies kind of have that this movie doesn't really have that for me yeah but i could oh. be like you know a little like over the top because i'm like oh, i love this movie so much there's nothing wrong I mean, with hey, it like, hey man if you love a movie then don't let anyone ever uh sour your love for it you know that's purely yours i feel it um, I always try to make sure that I at least try to focus on like some something that isn't great with the movie, so I'm being completely honest to myself. Exactly. Yeah, be honest to yourself, right? Uh, what was the last thing you saw in theaters? Like, ooh, last thing I saw in theaters was yeah. I'm trying to think. I think it was Birds of Prey. No, yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, you saw my birthday. Sonic? Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, for my birthday. Man, it came up the day before my birthday. Oh, that's awesome! I wish I could have came up then. But, uh, I know, March, dude. I mean, March break is is next week. I'll be coming down for uh, on Sunday. Oh, we so. should watch some Toonie mat- matinees, man. Oh yeah, whatever. I don't know what they're playing, yeah, but some... yeah, we should definitely. Go I, I don't know either. That'd be oh, cool. definitely for sure. I'm going to see Onward tonight. At least I'm awesome. thinking of it tonight or Tuesday. Yeah, yeah um, we'll talk about that in see, a little bit. <laughs> I went to see The Invisible Man uh, last week. How was it? Was, I haven't seen it, it yet. Really I'm, I'm thinking of seeing it. Really, really liked it. Thought it was pretty great. Um, it was really funny it. though, because I, I actually have a very interesting story with that. Is that um, right. we, me and my friend were going to go see it, and we went and bought a ticket for it and everything, and then we walked up to go see it, and there was nobody at the ticket booth to take our ticket. Like there was oh, no really? stand. There was no person, so we just walked right in. Like nobody stopped oh, us. Lord. Like we just walked straight through into the theater sat down nobody took our stubs and it was really funny because we watched the entire movie and we left and we went out to his car and still nobody even bothered us once it was one of the weirdest things i think that's ever happened there was just the guy didn't show up like there was no one there to take the tickets it was was so weird it's like where is the guy where's the person um yeah We, we uh yeah it was really weird. It, it was so strange. Like, dude just didn't show up. He was probably like, and they probably like messed up like schedule breaks or something, you know? Mm, had maybe. Two people out but on I mean, rage. they had two people for cleanup, but they didn't have one person for the ticket, which was kind of funny. Oh, was it late night? Yeah. Oh well, no, actually, it was seven o'clock. It was just, It was the. It was like the biggest showing. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows, then? Holy. And it's weird because we had to reserve seats for it because it was in, like, the big, like, AVX theater. Um, and when I went to go see it, there was someone that reserved a seat next to mine, and they put their jacket there, but they didn't show up for the entire movie. Like, oh, really? They, yeah, they didn't even show up. They left their jacket there the whole time. Nobody came to pick it up. Like, they just left it there. And they reserved seats. Like, they spent $15 on this ticket, and they didn't even go in their seat. It was so weird. 
Yeah. Maybe they just left the jacket there, went to sit with their friends, and just, like, forgot to get back. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, but they, I mean, they reserved Who the knows? seat. They had to pay extra for the ticket. It's... Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I just thought that was really funny that they, that they just reserved the seat and just never saw the movie. I don't know. Maybe they saw the earlier showing because there was no ticket booth guy there, and then they just left it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That was funny though. Good movie, really good movie. Highly recommend it. Um, it's you know, it's I've already ex- expressed my uh, distaste for Hollow Man, and it's really nice to see a version of Hollow Man actually done really well. It looks really good. I've heard good things. I'll probably go see it Tuesday or something. Yeah. I want to definitely go see it before it's out of the theater because mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a wave the of big things coming up. Yeah, definitely sure. go see it in theaters. The uh, uh, audio is spectacular in the film, and it's, it's I'm definitely going to go necessary. see it then. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's Blumhouse, right? You know, when Blumhouse makes a good movie, they make a great movie. Yeah, I know. I had, I had Right when I seen a uh, Blumhouse film with, a, I think it's Elizabeth Moss, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah she's incredible. Yeah. And um, I knew I was going to have to go see it. I totally oh, yeah. messed up, right? For some reason, in the movie, I think Emma, I thought Margot Robbie's in it. She obviously isn't. <laughs> no, she's not. I didn't go see it, thankfully, because it didn't come down to our theater. Nothing came down yeah. to our theater so far this year other than like, the obvious one, which was shocking. Yeah. I, thought, like, I thought at least a couple would. Even Underwater didn't come down here. Whatever. Um... Yeah, I went to see Sonic last. Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't. Um, I was going to go see it the same night as Invisible Man, but we just it was too late at that point, and I was just I decided to go back home, get some rest because I had school the next I morning. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um Sonic. I won't spoil it, but yeah. it's one of those movies that's just it's not great. Mm. It's but it's also not made for people over the age of 11 unless you're a sonic fan if you're a yeah. huge sonic fan you'll probably find reasons to like the movie in the mm, same I way like it's... if you're a big pokemon fan I mean, you'll find a reason yeah. to like detective pikachu i mean the thing is with sonic with, with a lot of fans of anything but especially i found sonic fans is they do find reasons to like a lot of a lot yeah. of things that that aren't considered incredible and i mean hey good for them right they can they yeah. can learn to well, like for things. sure like that. Hey, if you want to like the Sonic movie, go ahead, you know? All yeah, power exactly. to you if you like the movie. Who cares, right? At the end of the day, you like what you like. But um, it, it, it's really, it's it's really, really, really a movie that's made for kids, and it, it really feels like one. My thing with mm. Detective Pikachu is that at times it didn't feel like it was made for kids, so there was a positive there. With Sonic, yeah. it kind of hurts to watch the movie. It, there's, like, very obvious bad acting because you can tell they're not trying. There's very obvious bad voice acting mm. because you can tell he just doesn't care. It's, like, really plain and stale. And you're like, oh, this is really made for kids. I, I, oh, yeah, I forgot. Sonic is for kids, you know? Like, this is a kid's <laughs> yeah. movie. That's what it felt mm-hmm. a lot, but there was like yeah. it's also kind of doesn't even feel like a movie because it's edited like and and paced like jumpy, where it's like jump, 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 jump. Yeah. I mean, it's still I mean, fun, and there's still Personic. some good moments. Good some moments. Yeah, yeah. There's still some good moments. <laughs> yeah, and there was some good. Uh, like it's kind of what you expect—a corny buddy cop-ish kind of movie. Mm. You know, it's what you expect. It's what you would expect from a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's that's not bad, right? You know, a lot of people, like a lot of people go see movies just because they want to shut their brains out for a while, right? And I mean, hey, you know, the real world has problems. I agree. Like, like what I I got out of it is like, hey, you're a Sonic fan, you'll probably enjoy it because there's enough enjoyable and redeemable moments and enough uh, references that you'll like it. And then obviously the Sonic design changed and looks amazing, and it has this after credit scene that everyone loves. And you know, if you're a Sonic fan, you'll love it. If you're a kid, you'll love it. And if you're a parent, you can tolerate it. So it's great to bring your kids out to. It's not one of those not mind-numbing Minions movies, but it's oh, yeah. it's a movie you can bring your kid to, and at least you can have some laughs, and it'll be somewhat enjoyable. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, it's I understand why it exists. It's good that it exists. It's not. Worst video game yeah. movie we've seen, and it's not I mean, the worst adaption we've seen in the last few that's years. True. So. But I mean, speaking of minions, we got minions two, right? Yeah. I, oh my god! I don't even want to bother with that one. I don't even yeah. know why I watched the first minions movie. Yeah. Or Stick Will Me Three. Illumination's got a thing, you know. They do it over yeah. and over again. They make a ton of money. They're not going to stop. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how Illumination's really good. Scoob yeah. looks fucking great. I'm not even yeah. gonna lie. I did not final... expect it to look as good as it yeah. good looks. I'm really excited for them to introduce the other. Did you see the final trailer for it that they released? No, I want to try to stay away from the rest okay, of the trailers. I, I just want to go in so bad. I won't spoil anything, but I'm really excited to see how they uh, incorporate other Hanna Barbera characters because that's that's sick. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm there's a... definitely gonna be more than just Scooby Doo in it. At least from what I've been hearing. So I'm really excited to see how they incorporate and what Hanna-Barbera characters they put in it. Because even just from the first trailer, they had a bunch of references. Like, I think there was, like, Pebbles Fruit Shop or something, and there was, like, a ton of different Yeah. So it I just can't wait looked, for that. It, even with all that aside, it just looks like a, a movie that people are putting real effort into. Like, the yeah. animation looks great. Mm, I really love the um, animation because it looks like one of the old 2D, like, 90s, straight to DVD Scooby Doo movies, but like yeah. CGI, which is really awesome. And I'm psyched for it. I'm more psyched for that than the SpongeBob movie. Really? I mean makes sense. I mean yeah. like, there's been three Spongebob I like the movies. animation for the SpongeBob movie. I wasn't yeah. a big fan of SpongeBob too. Everyone already knows that. And yep. yeah, you um, made that very clear. Every time <laughs> Yeah. Well we won't get into that one because I can go on for two hours about <laughs> no, how much I just like <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> that's a whole episode. Yeah. We'll do, the, we'll but, do that um, one for uh, SpongeBob three when that comes out in May. We will. Hundred <laughs> percent. We'll talk about both of them. It's crazy because I love the first one so much. I even rewatched it recently and still love it. Yeah. Hate the second one with the passion. Uh, <laughs> see I like it, but yeah, like I said, another, I even bought it on episode. Blu-ray though. Got the uh, second one on Blu-ray 3D. Might have to pop it in a 3D player sometime and try it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that will change the opinion. But as far as I'm yeah. concerned, I don't ever want to watch that movie again, and I don't know why I got it. But um, the third one is I love the. I actually love the animation. I see. You know, I know a lot of my friends like they don't like the animation. Like Noah's a big mm. SpongeBob fan. He doesn't like the yeah. animation. And every time yeah. that trailer comes up, I have to hear him talk about how um, <laughs> they're fucking up the Gary origin story because that's not how he actually found <laughs> Gary. And I have to hear about that every single time. Uh, I do. So I that's do why I'm enjoy. not as excited. <laughs> I do quite enjoy his emotional dedication to SpongeBob lore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, he found him at a pet shop. I remember the yeah. episode. And I'm like, shit, you're right. I remember the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I it's mean, like. Uh, 
But did did the trailer ever say that that's? Yeah, I guess that's where he met him. Yeah, they did yeah. say that in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, the trailer's it, it, like, and here, I mean, like, like uh, something like about how he finds Gary uh, like a park, isn't it? Or yeah, I don't remember the trailer hundred percent. I've seen it a couple times, but it's like, mm. and to a certain extent, I'm like, hey, you know, it's weird. I kind of agree with Noah because when we go back to the first two, they're so heavily like connected to the show in a way where the, this mm. third one is kind of detaching itself. I feel yeah. even just from the trailer, but that's just mean, from a trailer. I can't, you know, be a hundred percent. Right. The only thing that really, cause I like the fact that it's doing something different, but I think the thing that scares me about it is I don't know how much of it's going to focus on the camp coral stuff because there's obviously a setup for the spinoff show. I don't know how much of it is just going to be kind of marketing for it. Like just marketing the spinoff show and not actually focusing on the actual movie. Which is the only yeah. thing that scares me. And the other thing for me, it's like, yeah, you can go. I mean, nobody, nobody really wanted. From what I know, nobody really was interested in a SpongeBob spinoff, especially the creator. I mean, Steven Hillenberg clearly stated he didn't want spinoffs, and it seems pretty sketchy that they would make one after he dies and then use the movie to promote it. Yeah. You know, so I feel like the more that they stay on that, the more it's just gonna sit in my stomach and my mind and i'm just gonna think about it more and more and it's just gonna drag the movie down for me well for me i just didn't even want a third movie in the first place from being 100 honest it's not because yeah. of how bad the second one was it's just like how much more can you do on the big screen in a way where like with with the tv show you can kind of you literally you can just do anything at all mm. and it's yeah. gonna fit in because that's like the whole like atmosphere around spongebob it's like a bunch it's like mind-numbing dumb shit that's hilarious yeah. um just because it's funny for some reason you know you can't explain it just funny mm, and you true. can watch it at like 22 and and still love it but the movies it's like if i don't have a legitimately at least kind of stern storyline that makes sense or is at least different from the show in some way it can still be connected to the show, but it's got to be different. You know what I mean? Mm, like, it just got to yeah, feel exactly. different. It's like, how how can they do this in the third one when they barely were able to do it in the second one? Mm, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I don't know who the writers are or anything. I don't really know the talent that's going into it. So Yeah, I mean, either. I I'm can't really talk of, too yeah. much on everything. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued as to how they'll do it. Because, yeah, I yeah. have no idea. Oh, I'll give it a same, shot, obviously. I think it's the same people who wrote the second one. That's right. Oh, this one. Uh, I can't even get mad because the second one isn't, it's not even that it's written badly. It's just yeah. false advertising. I mean, a plus, whole different perspective I mean, on that movie. Those writers, Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger, are just, they are like, I do not know where they get their ideas. I mean, they have credits for uh, Sponge Out of Water, Sponge on the Run, Kung Fu Panda 2. Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakquel, Shrek oh, the Third, Lord. like I. This is all over the place. <laughs> yeah, Kung Fu Panda Three. Uh, they have a safe story credit for all Kung Fu Panda films. Uh, Monster Trucks, the Trolls. Movies. Oh my lord! Like, oh, I lord. have no King of the Hill. Like, this is it's. I don't like the I, series. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they. Yeah, King of the Hill. I just don't know, like what their thought process is when writing. It's it, they're a wild card and that kind of scares me. Just yeah, who knows? Really... SpongeBob Sponge on the Run could have the writing quality of anything between Kung Fu Panda Two and Alvin and the Chipmunks the Squeak Wolf. 
You know, that's, you think that's, that's insane. Squeak. <laughs> this, uh, squeak Squeakwool is the worst of those films. No, I'm t- I've t- heard t- some bad mean, things I'm about just... Monsters Truck. I mean, what do you mean? I'm saying, I'm saying, Kofapan Two is the low end, and Alvin the Chipmunks is the high end. <laughs> what are you talking about? Hey, man, some people got that uh, flavor for chipmunks. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, I enjoy I the trilogy. Lost. I have it actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I own the box wanna... set. <laughs> That's awesome. I just want to see my boy Ian. That's all I want to see. Oh my god! But. You know, it's like, there's only so much we can say because what we have, I don't even know how many trailers we have. I think I've only seen the one. I don't know if we have a second one. But mm. we only have such little to go off of. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, Trinan, not Trinan, Noah seems like he's upset that he thinks it's going to be a whole origin, uh, completely wrong origin story. I think it's like little origin story. It's going to be about a lot more than the origin story. Yeah. Than just the origin story because it's SpongeBob. And I don't think they've ever done an origin story where it's like where like a lot of time and efforts ever went into it from that like from like mm. the origins I've seen they're always like three seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Scoobs isn't going to be much of an origin story either. No. But but this, we'll see. This seems to be a common thing though with these animated movies. Like this is a weird coincidence. <laughs> it's all, hilarious. Like, based off of television properties and their semi origin right? stories, semi other stories <laughs> about That's characters the trying part. to find the others. <laughs> Yeah, because like freaking uh, me and um me and Noah were in the theater watching trailers about origin story, animated origin stories. We're mm-hmm. about to watch an animated origin story, and we both yeah. said at the same time, "What's with all the origin stories? <laughs> like, <laughs> everything's an origin story now." The su- superhero films just stopped doing that shit because they realized yeah, exactly. nobody likes it. <laughs> well, <laughs> What's going it's on? Reset. You know, every decade you got to start it off with the origin stories. <laughs> I know, I get decade. it. <laughs> oh, anime movies are finally catching up. MCU finally just stopped doing origin stories after yeah. like it being bagged by everyone. We don't need a third Spider Man origin story, and they finally realized, I, well, guess like, we we don't need a third Iron Man or uh, Spider Man origin yeah. story, and they didn't yeah. give us one, thankfully. Yeah, and I, I thought, hey, Hollywood's understanding. I guess yeah, not. Yeah, but. Yeah, you know, it's cycles. It all goes in cycles. But, like, yeah. should we should we go back to the DC stuff, or should we just move on to the Pixar stuff? Because I feel like... Let's, let's, get, let's cover some more DC stuff, because yeah. since you yeah, haven't really seen Joker or Birds of Prey, we yeah. can't talk about the newer stuff, but we can talk about Shazam. We can't talk about mm-hmm. Justice League and Aquaman yeah. much, because I haven't seen those two. But we can't talk about the original DC movies, not the original ones, but the original DCU, EU movies that made people hate DCU in yeah. the first place. I mean... I think Justice League is probably the one. You haven't seen that, though, right? I know. I, I, I have it. Yeah. I'm going to watch waiting, it. Waiting for the Snyder Cut. <laughs> waiting for the Snyder Cut, man. I got to get that. I'm going to get the deluxe yeah. um, steelbook, the 18 disc. You know, I'm, re- I'm ready for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> uh, Zack Snyder revealed how long it was. And I mean, hmm, I wasn't Isn't it like surprised. four hours or something? Yeah, it's like really long. <laughs> it is um, Justice League, though, the theatrical cut. I have no idea about the standard cut, but the theatrical cut is just really, really fascinating. Like, it it's, might be one of the most fascinating movies, at least on a conceptual level, that I've ever seen because it, it's kind of more of a Frankenstein's monster of a movie than anything else I've seen. Like, it's it kind of it, it stitches together so many it's two directors vastly different visions and tries to make that into a coherent story and i mean it does succeed in making it coherent but it doesn't 
necessarily succeed in making it enjoyable, you know, because it's such a vastly different, uh, so many vastly different visions coming together on one project. And uh, they did some pretty sketchy things behind the scenes too, like the cinematography <laughs> yeah. stuff that I don't like. Well, yeah. if you think from what I've heard, because I obviously haven't seen it, I actually yeah. I didn't hear a lot of people talk about Justice League. You're one of the only people that I've ever talked to about Justice League because you've huh. seen it. The only other person kind is of, Johnny Austin, and he actually liked it, so he almost convinced me to go see in the theater. Yeah, yeah, it's good, right? That's the reason I want to watch. Is one person, yeah. the two people I trust when it comes to the movie opinions, because one, you obviously love movies and the writing side yeah. of it, and he loves the acting side of it because he wants to be an yeah. actor. So it was actually That's two awesome. great different perspectives. So I'm like, yeah. oh, they both think it different. I'm going to watch it. But then eventually, everyone told me they hated it, <laughs> except for Johnny mm-hmm. Austin. So that's what stunted me. But I'm going yeah. to watch it eventually. I don't know if I should watch that or Aquaman first, because I kind of forget the order of these movies. Um, it, goes Justice League. it goes Justice League, then Aquaman. Because Aquaman, okay. they bring it up in one line. They're like, hey, didn't you fight Steppenwolf? And he's like, yeah. And that's it. Um, All right, I will definitely watch that uh, Justice League and then Aquaman. Yeah. I got it. I want to now that I've see now that DC has finally pleased me. Mm. Three movies in a row, they're on a streak. Yeah. They went I mean, from seven have... bad to three yeah. great. You should definitely. I will watch say that all three released great. Because you might you might end up liking Aquaman if you watch it. Yeah, Aquaman that one's is, really is, mixed. Yeah, Aquaman's absolutely crazy. Like I love that movie. I heard it's, it's like be- just, uh, like a beautiful film. Oh yeah, it's really well shot, but it's just insane. Like there's just so much in yeah. it, and it's all that's what I heard. Kind of doesn't really make sense, but it's so absurd, and they take it so seriously that you kind of can't help but love it. At least that's yeah. What I, I will. Love. I'm definitely gonna check it out. I've been the most. I'm more excited to watch that than Justice League. I'm gonna watch Justice League because my thing is with Justice League is that if it's mm. not at least lighthearted, it if it it can be bad as long as it's lighthearted, I can watch it. But I'm not watching another Batman vs Superman save my life. I'd rather yeah. die. I'm never uh, watching man. another Batman vs Superman time movie. I can't do it because it's just boring. You know, it's just mm. bland and See, boring in every sense of the word. The thing is with with uh, Zack Snyder, I find is that he isn't. He's an incredible cinematographer, and he has clear talent, and he he does some absolutely incredible work. But he just yeah. I don't quite think he's gotten a grip on writing, like how to make his ideas express themselves fully within the work he's making because I mean, obviously a lot of people love his work and a lot of people love his writing too. But personally, the way I see it is that it just seems like it's a bit too confused for me at least is, is I, I, yeah, he, he has very, yeah, it's very confused the way he writes it that he doesn't really understand completely what he's going for, you know, because conceptually it is neat. Like the Martha scene is as ridiculous as as parody, you know, as as uh, as much of a joke as it's become. It's conceptually a very good idea, you know. Like, cause mm. the, I mean, to center the whole film around family and then have it come together at the end, because you know the movie starts with Batman's parents dying and then Superman it, has a yeah. conversation with his dad, and then at the end to realize that they both have that he, Superman has the same name as his mother, which is this character he always saw as just this genocidal alien, you know, that Batman finally sees as a person because of this. He sees him as a boy who grew up with parents. You know, he's reminded of the tragedy that set him on his path. And he's, he doesn't kill Superman because of that. That's a great idea. It's just the way that they executed it 
just did not work, you know, and they didn't keep that I get it. throughout the film. They just brought it back every now and again just to remind you it was there. <laughs> yeah, you know? I get what you're saying. All right, yeah. one second. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back to talk about more DC and Pixar. So quick. Okay. All right, everyone, we're back for, I guess, the uh, second part of this episode. We're going to talk a little bit more about DC and Pixar. Uh, yeah, the last thing we just did, Trinan, beautifully expl- explained exactly why we understand why people like Zack Snyder, but also at the same yeah. time understand why he isn't necessarily the best choice. My thing with Zack Snyder has always been, like, I get what you're, I get what you're saying hmm. in the whole, like, he has these great ideas. Sometimes they just don't mesh well, or sometimes yeah. they just don't uh, turn out the way he wants them to turn out. My thing is that you can't, to me, you can't make a universe and put every character in that universe is mm. put in like the one guy and one person. Yeah, to me, it's really yeah. hard to do that, and it be in it in it work. Mm. You see, at least how I see it is that Zack Snyder is a very independent filmmaker. You know, like his his works feel very independent from everyone else's. So to put him in in a universe and to kind of have everyone structure their films around his doesn't really work because especially especially with how um, DC was sort of pushing the filmmaker driven side of their films, it doesn't really work because as it's been proven, the studio often more often than not ends up putting way too much input into these things to try to make them all feel like the same universe. You know, it, it doesn't work when yeah. you have a filmmaker like if you look at marvel the reason why marvel has succeeded so well is because they don't like like of course the filmmakers that they get are at least for the first few phases the filmmakers that they got weren't they didn't really have explicitly clear identities at least something that's not at least not as blatantly as um zach snyder's you know like they they managed to get all of these people and they managed to put them all under the head of someone like kevin feige who knew how to sort of make these things all feel like they f- were in the same universe and be independent products at the same time. Yeah. Well, my, my thing is that when it, I, I agree with what you're saying, it's like when I look at the DCU, I always felt I never viewed anyone independently. I always kind of mm-hmm. put them all behind like Batman. Basically it was like Batman and then all the other characters with the MCU, I never did that. I always felt like they did a really good job at making all the characters feel independent. Like, even yeah. side characters like Black Widow at times and Hawkeye. Like, like in Endgame, both of those characters feel very independent, and that really affects the movie in a way where those, char- those characters really mean something to the film. And that's yeah. really important when you're making movies like this. And then compare it to DCEU, I just always felt like, we can just go into Suicide Squad. Almost none of those characters connected to me at all. The only character that was somewhat tolerable was Will Smith's character, Deadshot, right? And um, yep. outside of that, I didn't like Margot Robbie originally as Harley yeah. Quinn. I didn't like her performance in that film. So, like, it's like, why am I watching a Suicide Squad movie? I should just watch when I could just watch a Deadshot movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I feel like MCU does a really good job at, like, when I think of the MCU, I think of Captain America, I think of Iron Man, I think of Black Panther, I think yeah. of Thor, I think of all these different independent characters that can hold their own, but are just yeah. better together and better in the universe. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I think that's a big reason why the MCU has always kind of outdone it. DCU also, but also at the same time, mm. like they've also had a huge head start as a universe. 
but oh yeah i mean they're they're basically the founders of this whole i mean they're not yeah if you really want to go back technically you know there'll be people that will say oh you know technically the universal monsters are the ones that that started the whole cinematic universe but marvel's really the ones that you know made it mainstream what it is now the audience. exactly they're the ones that made it blockbuster you know yeah they're the ones for sure Profitable. Like, of course, the Universal Monster movies were profitable at the time. That's why they made so many of them. But they were really the ones to put it in the eyes of the public. You know, like, like explicitly, yeah. like men, women, children, everybody, instead of just the uh, horror demographic. Yeah. Like, and honestly, the huge, like, it has such a huge effect on film culture. Like, mm. I can right. still remember the impact of the Avengers had when it came out. It was like yeah. the biggest thing ever. You know, uh, like it was the avatar of the superhero world, and and then and then there was stuff like the uh, Universal's Dark Universe, <laughs> which is which was really funny. I mean, let's see where that got us. I really I really hope that they don't use the uh, Invisible Man to try to kickstart the Dark Universe. Oh lord, that would, that'd be really disappointing if that's what Universal does from it. Was that was that? Hey, we made this really great film which has a beginning a middle an end which is independent it isn't trying to set up anything separately that that's clearly its own standalone thing it's like why don't we use this to kickstart a whole universe because it did well i really hope that's not what the company learned from it i can't Great. wait to watch invisible man i'm not gonna lie it looks so good i wish i watched it opening weekend yeah uh i can't wait to watch it again because it's it is really great its sound design in it is awesome i love it and I think one of my favorite things about the film is sort of how it's not really about the invisible man. Like it's, it's, it sort of shifts the perspective. Like obviously I'm not going to go too deep in the film or anything, but it, it, it shifts perspective of, of who you're following. And that makes it much more interesting because one of my biggest problems with all of the invisible man stories is that we're always focusing on the wrong character. You know, like the invisible man is, is cool. You know, he's, he's fine, but he's, He's not like what's what's the point of just having an invisible man and just like where's the suspense in that you know where's where is the intrigue in having someone that's invisible but knowing that they're invisible you know I get what you're saying yeah and I mean it has worked I mean H.G. Wells wrote the original novel and obviously there's something it's it's about far more than just that and it's an incredible novel but. Like I said, I think especially in these modern times to readapt the story, I think that they did an incredible job with it. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited for it. Something. Yeah, I feel like it's something different, and that's what I I love about the movies. When I go to the movies, there's always one thing I want: something different. Oh yeah, nothing makes me happier than seeing a um, a decently budgeted horror movie that's actually really really good. You know, because right. a lot of plus we love when the uh, yeah go no go, go, uh, go. I, okay. I find a lot of uh, a lot of those films a lot of big budgeted horror films especially like I don't really want to call out anything but I find a lot of films like in the Conjuring universe and stuff they tend to satisfy with just sort of being okay films you know with just sort of trying to appeal to the widest audience possible they don't really oh, take yeah. any risk or anything so that's I agree. That's one of my favorite things about Blumhouse is that they always take risks. You know, even if even if the film isn't great or anything, at least it was a risk. That's what I can admire about it. Is that Blumhouse they shoot for the stars? 
they have all this money to work with and they just go for it. They just, they just keep making films They keep making original unique ideas. And they understand horror as well. They understand the cheesy side. They understand the bad side. They understand the good side. They understand just all of it. And I, yeah, I just, I love it. I love what they do. Well, I agree. Cause what I like about Blumhouse is what they did with happy death day. It's like, they tried this thing with happy death. They realized it didn't work, but they realized there was something about it. That that that, mm. that was charming, and yeah. they used it in the second film, and they made the second film completely different than the first one, and it works so much better as a comedy, like a comedic horror, but not even a horror. Like really, it's just a comedy, and it works so much better in that way. With like, the characters pop more, the cast pop more, everything about mm. Happy Death Day Two is better than the first film, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, at least. That's that's what I think, because they kind of realize, oh, there is an element of this thing that is good, but the rest is sour. Let's focus on the element that's great, and it turned out great. Obviously, I, w- I don't think I'd like a third film. I feel like they need to dead that shit now while they're ahead, but that's just yeah. my opinion. I don't know. But back to DC real quick, just because there's a couple more I have to talk about. Yeah. Um. We we never talk about. We haven't talked about um. Shazam, and that's the mm. movie we've both seen. Yeah. What do you think about Shazam? I, I really like it. I, I think it's it's my favorite David F. Sandberg movie. I mean, David F. Sandberg is just such an inspiration. Like even even though I'm not a, a huge fan of the films he's made, I just I think it's incredible how he still sort of goes back to his roots and he uses his YouTube channel to teach people, to teach up and coming filmmakers, and how he was just some dude who just made low budget short films on YouTube. And he still acts like that guy, which is awesome. Like he doesn't act like he's all like high on his horse. You know, he's like, Oh, I'm so, I just, I've made big blockbuster superhero movie. You know, I'm better than everyone else. He's not saying other directors act like that, but I just think it's incredible how he interacts with his fans. He interacts with everybody who, even people who don't like his work, he still interacts with them because he's inter- interested to hear everyone's opinion. And I just love that about that man. And I just, you can learn so much about the film industry from him because he has insight into the big stuff, you know, like the Ooh, stuff that there. people don't talk about. What was that? Okay. Um, yeah. And I mean, Shazam itself, yeah, it's a good movie. I mean, yeah, I kind of went on a tangent there, but yeah, I like Shazam. You cut out a lot during the Shazam. During the Shazam conversation. Oh, okay. That's fine. I was just, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I was just I talking. Get, I about... got the gist of what you were saying at first, and you started cutting out a lot. Okay, that's fine. Um, well, to sum it up, I really love Davis F. Sandberg, um, and I think that he's a great inspiration to the film community. Um, yeah. And Shazam's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. The reason I wanted to bring up Shazam so bad. Mm. is because, to me, somehow, the movie I expected the least of, for some reason, that was one of the characters we were both really excited about. I remember because we both read Sam comics, but... Yeah. I knew, But the, was the out of all their films, it was probably the movie I expected the least from, but it's the movie that made... To me, like the big turnaround for DC, just because like everything after has just been up. Like DC went from a, like kind of a laughing stock because it felt like they couldn't get out of their place. I know a lot of other people would consider Wonder Woman the turning point, but yeah. I don't like Wonder Woman. So 
I mean, I, I think it just I think point. it just works beautifully with Shazam for that to be the big turning point of DC, the the sort of underdog, the uh, the the one sort of rise up because it's like you'd never yeah, it's Shazam the character you'd never expect this young child, this this young scrawny child to be this big powerful superhero, but you know he ends up being one. So I think I think I unintentionally I think that it works thematically very well with the film itself that that ends up being the big DC movie to turn everything around. You know, you get what I'm saying there? Yeah, I, I completely get what yep. you're saying. Like, and I also think that it, it does a really good job of connecting with its audience mm. because it tells the story the way it should be told. Yeah. I think one thing people kind of got tired of when it came to superhero films was like the realistic aspect. It felt like the stories are being told from the perspective of, some someone that doesn't completely understand comic books you know what i mean yeah where shazam was so fun so big it felt like you're watching the film through the perspective of you know a 13 year old kid that loves superheroes and loves comic books that's the way you should feel when you watch a movie about shazam Mm. and it nails it so well like you come out that movie and you know Everyone was like, oh, in the trailer, oh, they're doing Fortnite dances. It's going to be really cringy. And then you realize you've watched, like, what, two 13-year-olds do Fortnite dances? That's what 13-year-olds do. It's like it made sense. Things made sense. The movie was coherent, but it was also did a really, really good job of reflecting real life in the aspect of that is actually how kids act. That is, you know, kids do rage in video games and talk online and say dumb stuff. And kids do do stupid uh, dances and of course, if a kid became this huge, bulking superhero that could fly, they would do stupid, random tests to see what they could do and, and videotape it to become famous. You know, that's things kids would do yeah. in our society nowadays. You know, kids wouldn't. You know, like this, like, like, like the whole idea, like the the old idea around superheroes, where it's like the whole mm. stigma, where it's like, don't tell anybody, yada yada yada. Shazam is so different. It feels so out of the box because it's so, and it almost feels natural because of that. Yeah. Where it's like, in real life, would someone become a superhero and not tell someone instantly? <laughs> exactly. Like, I feel like that's not realistic. Yeah. It's like, Shazam, it's like, it's the most unrealistic, realistic movie you'll ever watch, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I mean, it's such a, like childish wonder to it, which is one of the things I really love. I love how I love how it calls back sort of those old Amblin movies too, like by being really, yeah. really dark, but also being lighthearted and fun at the same time. Like something you bring your kids to, but something that you wouldn't necessarily say is for kids. You know? I, yeah, I agree. I think it nails and that. I, for sure. And I also really think um oh shit, what was I gonna say? I also liked how it connected it to the DCEU yeah. without being like, hey, here's Superman, here's Batman. Yeah, so you know, at the, the end. <laughs> scene, ha, 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 it was funny, right? Yeah. Like, but um, they don't even show us, like, they still don't show us face, and it's like, they don't have to take other characters and, and flaunt them to, to create, you know, this movie. Shazam was probably the most independent of the films, that, mm. um, from my perspective. Yeah. I mean, Joker would probably be the most independent because it's not in the universe at all. Oh, I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. But this is before Joker, so. Yeah, exactly. This, we're talking about the DCEU. Joker's not in the DCEU. Yeah, so. that's true. Um, but, yeah. But, um, 
should we talk about Pixar movies or? Because I think we just yeah, let's said get into that. Yeah, we said just about everything we need yeah, to say. Let's but not talk about Man of Steel. We don't got to talk about that. So yeah, I mean, to let's just jump up, right in. Rough start. I love what they're doing. They're doing great. Yeah, you know, keep keep on going, exactly. DC. We can do. You want to jump into Pixar? Or do you want to jump into DC TV? Because we haven't talked about any DC um, TV. Yet. Well, I don't watch much DC TV. See, I don't watch many TV shows. In I, I don't either. So I feel like there's the main not really thing much I wanted to, to talk about was like, yeah, the main thing I wanted to talk about was just like thoughts on what they're doing with DC TV, the direction they're heading in, and then Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Yeah, I mean, I have a yeah. Doom Patrol is just that's that's a, that's a show. <laughs> um, we'll get to that after. We'll do Pixar right now. Yeah, just because Pixar is hot right now because they just dropped onward. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we'll wait for Doom Patrol because I definitely have a lot to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, first things first. First question: Are okay. you going to go see Onward? Um, That's I, I, w- I will going see, to see it, it if only. Is this a question of will I see it because I think it's good, or will I see it because I've seen every other Pixar movie aside from Cars two, and I kind of feel necessity to see it? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. Well. The, <laughs> Because I've seen every other Pixar film, yes. Uh, because I think it looks good, uh, sure, <laughs> yes, you know, sure. So yeah, yes to both. The thing, the thing for me is, I'm going to go see because I think it looks good, mm-hmm. and I'm interested to see how the dynamic works between the cast because, like, obviously the connection to MCU with the actual with the cast and, and mm. see if they bring good chemistry since they've already worked together. Yeah. And there's just so many things I want to see what they, what they do with this movie. I'm just, I'm finally happy they're doing something new now. No more sequels, no more Incredibles two. <laughs> I'm happy we're breaking out of that shit and we're yeah. getting new original stories from Pixar. Cause that's what always makes me happy. That's only something I like about Pixar. They're not afraid to make original films and they're, but they kind of flew into a hole of, sequels there were mm. like what coco and inside out were really the only different movies of the uh, last really like 10 years yeah made. And oh. it's like you know i mean there was brave too but like i don't know brave was fuck just, brave i don't know why i thought i loved brave and then i bought it rewatched it, and i was like oh it's not that good at all yeah i don't uh, i thought i don't know why i thought it was like incredible it's not yeah. a bad movie it's just not as good as i thought it was yeah yeah, it's it's I basically just, Brother Bear, but in, in, in uh, Scotland. It's Scotland Brother Bear. I love Bear. Brother Bear. Yeah, Brother <laughs> yeah, Bear. But it's one uh, of those movies, you know, it's better to reflect on it when you watch it when you were a kid than actually watch it now because it's not going to be <laughs> yeah. as good now but as I it mean, was when you were a kid. On but, that note, um, I rewatched Rango yesterday, and that is a movie that – You watched Rango? Up. Yeah, and that holds Rango, up. That yeah, movie is uh, incredible. I adore Rango. Yeah, I rewatched. Yeah, I rewatched Rango when I bought the Blu-ray too. Yeah, way back when I did. So good. Yeah, it holds up. It's I still really good. Adore that movie. Like, did you know that they got the cinematographer for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Roger Deakins, to do the cinematography, yeah. like to to structure it and the animate, like to 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 sort of consult on how they were going to um, uh, animate the shots, which is why it looks so yeah. gorgeous. Oh man! Oh, it's a beautiful film. Yeah, what an incredible movie! It's a really good movie. movie. Oh man! Yeah, I really do like Rango. It's a really, really good, unoverlooked animated film. Yeah, where is my Rango Criterion? That's what I want. That's the one thing I need in my life. Oh my lord! (laughs) Just because I want to see Nickelodeon. What's your thoughts on the Netflix and Criterion deal? 
oh yeah, whatever. You know, that's fine. I kind of don't like I, how they're I, only releasing them physically, like the in like sixty dollars sets. But whatever. At least they're physical. I know. Also, is Roma getting one? I'm pretty sure Roma's getting one, right? Oh uh, yeah, Roma. Okay. Roma already came okay. out. Oh, it already came out. Roma okay. already got one. It's the Irishman and Marriage Story. I think that's coming out. Okay. Okay. Um, trying to think of the third one. I don't. Uh, there's, there's, uh, the Irishman I'm excited Story, for Marriage Ameri- Story. Yeah, there's American Factory in Atlantics. Yeah, okay. American Factory. I mean, come on. Where's the open house? Where's Six Underground? Come on. We need to have. Then there's, um, hmm. Six Underground. I don't know what everyone. There's actually people on Twitter that freaking adore Six Underground. I think I yeah. replied to a tweet because it was what, someone that was hating on Marriage Story and they're like, wow. No, they said finally six underground a dethroned marriage story, and then I put, yeah, it's cool and all, but it won't be remembered in two months. And then like eight people like attacked me. So like, yeah, six underground's incredible. Blah yeah. blah blah. I'm like, bruh, okay. I mean, hey, you know, <laughs> if you want to like it, like it. Holy, yeah. I haven't even seen the movie yet. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> holy. I didn't even say the movie sucked. I just said, you know, when Oscar season comes around and everyone's everyone's still going to be talking about Marriage Story, I was just upset because everyone on Twitter was like anti-Marriage Story for like two months for some reason. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand this. Huh. But um, back to, what was it? Oh, yeah. Back to Pixar. Try to stay on topic here for a second because there's one yeah. that I really want to talk about. Um. We're, we're not going to talk about Onward too much because there's nothing we can say about it, really. I know that we were talking about Pixar. People probably expect us to talk about it and all, but neither one of us has seen it yet. So I mean, well, just from but, first impressions, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen it, but from what I've been hearing about it, it seems like it's kind of disappointing, which is a shame because yeah, I thought it had a really incredible story about two brothers bonding over the loss of their father and having to sort of get over never having that adult <laughs> figure in their lives and being changed because of it. I thought they had this incredible story at their hands. I was like, this is going to be an incredible movie when I saw the teaser. So that's kind of swayed me from not seeing it. If that makes any sense is that from what I've been hearing about it, I'm still going to watch it, but it's a shame that it's, it doesn't, they didn't apparently from what I've been hearing, they haven't done it with the impact that it deserves that Pixar is known for. Yeah. That's what I've been hearing. I, I've, I've been hearing it's just like, okay or good. Mm, and I think the problem be, is that you know? It should be great. Yeah, it, should, it should be incredible yeah, it's because a, of the story they're working with. There's so much you could do with that. Yeah. Plus, it's like, and that's the thing is, like, I'm trying to go in with lower expectations because it's like the first mm. first year it's Pixar, and the yeah. trailer was amazing. Yeah. And then the more you just think about it, the better it, you 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 feel like everything is set up to be incredible, and apparently it's not. Which is why I didn't go see it opening night, and why I might wait till Tuesday. But I, I think I'm gonna end up going tonight. But we'll see. But okay. anyways, I'm excited for soul. Can't wait for that. That's probably going to be I'm great. very excited for soul. I do not know why everyone's hating on it. The, uh, soul has the opposite style. treatment of onward. Yeah, it's probably going to be so good. Yeah, it looks it's probably gonna be absolutely incredible. Um, it's probably going to be phenomenal. Styles. Pixar will have one banger this year. Right. A company like Pixar does not drop two films and both flops. Well, I mean, onward's definitely not a flop. It still has like what? an 80 something. 73% percent, isn't it? Uh, here I'll, I'll actually check. Um, yeah, check that real quick. I thought it, it was like seventy-three, seventy-four. It's eighty-six percent. It's so it's not. Oh, not I'm bad. A, yeah, 
I'm just Hulu. Yeah. Invisible Man has ninety one percent. Yeah, that's why Invisible Man. Everyone loves it. That's why and I want to check that one out. Ninety one. Sure. Ooh, I like that. that oh man. Happy. Yeah, definitely go. I did that watch one. that new Netflix movie that came out with Mark Wahlberg and Post Malone. Oh, we're not going to talk about that because you definitely haven't seen it. And yeah, I got. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the greatness ago. for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but back to to Pixar real quick. Um, I want to talk about the toys, uh, Toy Story series. Okay. And well, yeah. um, it's good. Pretty much, like, what's your thoughts, man? What's your thoughts? I uh, really love all of them. Um, if I were to rank them, I'd say it probably goes two. Well, it's tough. I'd say two, four, one, three off top of my head. That's crazy. Personally. For me, it would yeah, go four, three, two, one. It would literally go like to me. The Toy Story movies, they, they literally get better and better and better and better. The yeah. argument for me is what's better, three or four. Two is incredible. Mm. I just don't think it's on the same level as four or yeah. three. See, like, and one this, is yeah. great. I just don't think it touches the other three. I think Toy Story um, two is is pretty much perfect. I think that's that's a uh, incredible film um like all of them are but i think toy story 2 just that's the problem something about yeah they're so great that it's like it's really yeah they're all incredible it's just you have to choose which one you like the most like which one connected with you more at the end of the day that's what that separates them for me it's like they're all amazing you can't i can't really break them down by quality because almost like everyone is like this huge big step in animation and everyone is this beautiful story and everything's is incredible I mean, like, each one represents it's, an era in animation, right? Each, like, yeah. Toy Story 1 was when they were just starting out. Toy Story 2 was when was when CGI was beginning to take over 2D. Like, when CGI was really becoming a start, uh, becoming something relevant in uh, mainstream animation after the success of Toy Story. Toy Story 3 is when, at least for Pixar, it's when they started to sort of go more into that sequel route and that sequel territory, and they sort of left their original stuff behind. And... Toy Story 4 is sort of the end of that era and Pixar going into more original, more unique, and maybe even other animated studios doing the same thing because, I mean, Sony has that movie coming out by the same people made into the Spider-Verse. And, like, uh, I don't even know what they're Blue also making into the Spider-Verse, too, though. Yeah, that's Blue Sky, I don't think they made it. Well, Blue Sky did just release an original movie that is re- released Spies in the Skies last year. Yeah, yeah back to Pixar. So... Yeah. My thing with the Toy Story movies is that it's like, no matter how good they are, like, um, individually, because, like, even, like, no matter how good of a series it is, each film individually is incredible. Yeah. And that's what I think makes it so good is that in one in one way, in one perspective, you need all four, and then in one perspective, you could honestly just have two by itself or three by itself or four or one, and they still really work. Four, maybe not as much, but <clears throat> two. And- um, yeah. and I think what makes the series so impressive, and it's why it's my favorite film series ever. But for me, the reason why uh, three or between three and four for number one is for me, four is this giant, um, it's a beautiful ending to everything, mm. it's unexpected something no one thought that we needed. But after watching, it's hard for me to even think of the Toy Story series without it now. Yeah. It's weird. It seems integral, but it's like, 
we could have probably lived our whole lives without it, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah, we, we, we easily could have. But now that it's there, it's like you can't think of it without it now. And I think that that's what makes such a beautiful movie is because it finally like looks at the the series in the way that in the eyes in the eyes that it should have to me like it finally makes it clear cut like this it's toy story but it was never more than a woody story if you're being really honest mm. well yeah like if you're really being honest he's always been the heart this is right? all always like it started with him it yeah he's always been the heart him, right right i think that a lot of people i think yeah, I think a lot of people don't give it credit in that perspective that it's like, no matter how great the other characters are, yes, they're phenomenal characters, and they're they're a huge part of what Toy Story is, obviously, but Woody's the centerpiece of it, and I think giving him a farewell that was deserving, reasonable, made sense, and was honestly quite beautiful in terms of like an emotional the emotional aspect to it. Yeah. Um was the perfect way to end the series. Yeah. And and the more I think about it, the more I was like the third one should like the, the, there was never a point where Toy Story should have ended when Andy left. It 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 was always more than just Andy. And I feel like ending it on the third one made it feel like Andy was the whole film. Uh, like, like the whole story. I feel like this was like the best way to end it. You you give Woody an ending, you give Toy Story an ending, basically. Yeah, I I completely. Agree. We do not need a. Fifth one. What was that? Uh, we do not need a fifth Toy Story film. I will say, if you want to make a film that's centered around Buzz Lightyear, call it anything but Toy Story. The reason you mm-hmm. can call Toy Story four Toy Story four it is about Woody is because Woody is, as you said, the heart of Toy Story, and there is no Toy Story without Woody. So yeah, I mean. Like, I feel like Pixar could disagree, but yeah. <laughs> Pixar can't disagree. I get it. We'll probably get a Toy Story 5. I mean, but, they make money, right? Um, yeah. Like, I'm just thinking, like, it would be fun to have a spinoff movie, like, centered around Buzz Lightyear or Jesse or, like, anyone, right? Like, it would, it would it, there's definitely so much you can do with these side characters that are incredible, yeah. right? That it even hurts to call them side characters because they're so you know, imprinted in our hearts, mm. but um, it's hard to think of a Toy Story without Woody to me because the fourth one opened my eyes and gave me such a different perspective on the entire series. Yeah, It made me really realize how important Woody is to Toy Story. You know what I'm saying? So, Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I, I think it's just the film works really well like at least, at least what the story is trying to tell, I think is something that's integral to Toy Story. You know, like something that if if it was told outside of Toy Story, it would still work, but it wouldn't work nearly as powerfully as it as it does with these characters, with us growing up with them, with us getting to know them, with all these years in between movies. You know, I I just think it. I completely yeah. agree. And and I like it too because. Even like you, there's so many different ways that you can look at Toy Story 4 and the film work. And I think that's why I like it as much mm. as I do. Like you can look at it like um, as a redemption story in a way because it's like Woody is trying to 
kind of like redeem himself as a toy because he's been left in the closet and he feels like he's not doing what he should be doing yeah. in a way like you can look at it in that perspective you can look at it as a look to it as a coming of age story where woody finally becomes who he's supposed to be you can look at it as like any kind of you know like an independent story where woody's trying is becoming like an independent in a way right like all there's so many different ways to look at it right yeah and um all of those ways work because those are all different themes that are involved in the film. It's what makes the film so good. Yeah. And um, the series is so good because everything flows. Pixar film, Yeah. for me, best Pixar film. That's really hard. It comes down to me, Monsters, Inc., Toy Story 3. Got to go with mm. Toy Story 3. Uh, that's good. That is good. That is a good choice. I mean, most Pixar films, you know, I, I'd say are good choices. Ratatouille for me. I gotta, I gotta say Ratatouille. I don't know. It's just grown so Actually, much on me. I'm gonna rewatch Ratatouille and probably Wally and Up sometime this next week. So yeah, like because of Onward. So I haven't watched them in so long that it's hard for me to form an opinion on them. Mm, Wally is another incredible one. Like that. I love how most are like the first act of that film is just all silent. That is incredible. It's so good. Yeah. So. Pretty all right, guys. Me and Trinan, we're having some connection issues, so we're going to cut it a little early. But yeah. if Trinan's down, we can have a Pixar dedicated podcast sometime in the future after we both watch Onward, where we rank our favorite Pixar movies in order of like best to worst, and talk about why yeah. we rank them in that position, and talk about Pixar and their future and what they're gonna, what they're doing with Soul, and maybe possible sequels that we might want to see, or the new. Mm monster show that they're making all that kind of stuff we'll talk about those yeah. kind of things i mean yeah we, have we, cut could, we, we could have the podcast when soul comes out i mean it comes out pretty soon doesn't it like i don't know really i, th- I thought it comes out in the summer right yeah that's really soon for yeah. two pixar movies it comes out in june yeah, yeah. june's really right, soon now. from now so for um, sure sometime towards june when we'll definitely both have already seen onwards and we're both going to in the theater to see it so yeah, and I'll be back down then too. So I might make it a bit easier nice. connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll just record it on the laptop this time. Yeah. But um Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on with, with the connection here. I feel like I feel like it has something to do. I don't know. I feel like it's either because of the distance or it's because of just the wind is horrendous here. Like, it's absolutely I'm crazy. The wind's been messing up the Wi-Fi for me, us down here, and our power is like flickering every once in a while. So it's yeah. it's because of the wind. I mean, plus bad I'm timing. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, plus I'm in the school too, and the section I'm in is like really bad for internet too. I mean, I, I have good bars oh, here, like I have all the bars, but sometimes it's really bad. So me too. That could be it too. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, just kind of a perfect storm of everything. Exactly. But, well, I think we covered a lot of stuff, like. Oh, yeah, we still we managed to get through a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, what's your favorite but, movie um, of the year you've seen so far? Favorite movie of the year so far, Birds of Prey. I have to give it to it because it's so good for me. Yeah, I mean, I got to say Invisible Man just because I, I don't yeah. think I've seen anything else that's come out this year, but it's also because it's good. Watch it. It's really good. Favorite movie that you've seen this year that didn't get released in 2020? What do you got? Um... I've seen this year. Oh, geez, that's tough. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look at my letterbox for a sec. <laughs> See what right. I've seen. Uh, you know, you can follow me on letterbox.com/slash Trinity. <laughs> a shameless plug. <laughs> um, 
Yo, follow the boys on Letterbox, Mind of Harlan. Or I don't know if it's uh, Harlan Banks. Yeah, either way, you'll figure it out, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's T R I N E N E. Um, oh, I I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like the way it's set up on a Mac computer. <laughs> I, I can't do this. Oh, Lord. Um, fair film would have to be uh, something I watched on Tubi, actually. I love Tubi. That's such an incredible Tubi's app. great. I love TV. So good. Um, especially for horror films. Like they have like some of the hardest stuff to find on there. It's so good. They have some um, good 2010s films that I had to watch. Yeah. Honestly, I was really very... like I really like the ads on it too. Like because like I said, but when we go back bringing it back to the beginning with this short attention span, I like it because it sort of gives me a goal. Like I can like put my phone down and I won't be I, I won't be tempted to pick it up because I'll be like, there's going to be an ad coming in like half an hour or something. So when the ad comes up, I'll check yeah. my phone. I love it. Yeah, big shout to Tubi. Yeah, if you no, want to watch no movies for free and you're but... dead, got to watch. Yeah. Tubi's the place to get. I was, I was avoiding it because I'm like, free movies is going to be a bunch of bootleg yeah. and it's an incredible app. There are some bootleg stuff, but there's bootleg stuff on every streaming service. So Yeah. It's, actually just a, um, it's like shockingly yeah. really good for free. Uh, service. It is probably my favorite streaming service. Big part because it's free and also not a big part because <laughs> I'm a horror junkie and because they have so many movies I've been trying to find for ages on there. Like stuff I so can't on the shout service. What was that? Have you have you uh, do you have the shout service? No, no. I don't. Well, I mean the I was shout thinking stuff of getting going. it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, cuz it looks really good. They always have good films that I really want to watch. Yeah. But now I'm um, back to like my favorite film of that I've seen this year that didn't come out this year. I'd have to say it's a some of us all too. We call them Happiness of the Catacuries, which is a really weird and strange, odd uh, foreign film. I think it's from Japan, and it's just so weirdly bizarre and strange, and it's wildly entertaining and crazy. I love it. Like it's just something I've never seen before, and. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait to watch it again. It's like it's like a weird horror fantasy musical thing. And oh Sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, trust me. It's not for everyone. Not everyone's gonna love it. I watched it with two other people. The other, one of them loved it, the other one hated it. So yeah. it's, it's not for everyone. But I highly recommend it. Um, and another I saw another film too. I, I volunteer at like sort of an independent theater chain and they show a bunch of weird little obscure stuff. I watched another one that was at TIFF last year called uh, Corpus Christi, which was a Polish film. Oh, yeah. About, um, yeah, I I liked it. I really liked it. I thought that was not a really good one. A lot of people didn't like the ending. Like I was talking to some of the um, uh, audience members afterwards, and they weren't too – they were pretty partial in the end. They're not partial, but they, they, they weren't fans of the ending, which is a shame because I thought the ending was the best part of the entire film. I recommend giving that one a watch too. You know, sort of form your own opinion on it because it's definitely I'll, an interesting I'll, experience. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a try eventually. Um, I finally watched my friend Dahmer. By the way, yeah, finally yeah, that's good. That. That's good. It was a good movie. I yeah. don't think it's incredible, mm. but um, I enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah. Um, but that's not my uh, my movie. Uh. My favorite movie that I've watched this year that didn't come out this year, I think it's actually the Stanford Prison Experiment because that movie is very good, a very well-made movie. But also, I was really connected to that movie. It's not the best movie I've seen because if I, if I had to say like the best, it's probably Uncut Gems, you know. 
But hmm. yeah. the, my favorite would, would be the Stanford Prison. That, that hit me really hard. Um, it's a really interesting film. Um, and there's so much that goes into movies like that that I just respect and appreciate so much. It's actually one, I think it will be one of those movies that out of the of 20, 2010 movies, it's probably one of the more memorable ones for me. But yeah, because hmm. I haven't watched a lot of like old, um, movies that aren't from 2020 because I've been watching mm. so much TV lately. They yeah. finished like three series. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Some of these shows are ending. It's crazy. I know. And there's so much I have to catch up on. Like every day there's some new show on Netflix or like an old show that a new season for. And, they, and I just watched that new Netflix movie. And basically, it's hard for me to watch older movies. I'm trying to make time for them. But. You know, I, I also have so much 2019 stuff I still wanted to watch, right? Like, I finally got around to watching Zombieland 2, which was pretty... I liked it. I can see why people wouldn't like it so much, but I really liked it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and, and I watched Honey Boy, finally, the movie I was so waiting for. Very good. Very good film. Mm. By the way, check out Honey Boy if you haven't seen it. A lot of people haven't seen it. Amazon yeah. Prime original. Very watched... good film. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. It's, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Um. I watched a film actually on the honey sort of the same honey spectrum. I watched a film called uh, um, Honeyland. Which oh yeah, was, the documentary. Yeah, which was really really interesting and it was really fascinating. I think it's one of the best documentaries I've, I've probably ever seen because the way they really? made it is they shot it like a movie. Like there was no, they didn't break it for interviews. They didn't have any fourth wall breaking moments. They just kind of let you live in the world. And it felt so much more like a movie than a documentary. And I, I had to keep reminding myself when I was watching, I was like, this is real. This is really happening. And it, it was insane. It's crazy. Just, just sort of yeah, getting I've... that remembrance. Yeah. yeah. It, it sounds really interesting. I've heard really, really good things about it. I re- mm-hmm. It's one of those that I want to watch. It's yeah. always like, I've never been a huge documentary guy, but when there's mm-hmm. a documentary that I like, I like it. Like mm-hmm. I love three, uh, three strangers. Yeah. That was great. I mean, and, if you're um, going to watch any documentary, I think this is the documentary for people that don't like documentaries. Because, like I said, it's made like a movie. It, it's structured like a movie. Me. It's not really a doc. Like, it is a documentary because it's all real. They're all shooting the stuff that's real. But it's, it's kept within sort of a film world, you know, where the fourth wall is never broken. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm definitely going to put it on the list. And I'm eventually going to get to the list. <laughs> I made like this big list for January. Didn't watch a single movie on it. Yeah. Uncut Gems and Honey Boy. That's the only two I watched. So I'm really bad. I've been lacking with my movies. But I want to start catching up on a bunch of movies I have to watch. I still have to make an end of a decade list. But I won't. I refuse to until I watch at least 10 must-see movies that I haven't mm. seen. So. Yeah, I still haven't done that either. I mean, yeah. There are a lot of great films but, this decade. It's kind of hard, right? Well, yeah, that's that's the big problem, right? It's like you turn a corner um, on Letterboxd and there's like eight different movies you never heard of that all have like four stars. So Yeah, exactly. It, it's hard to choose. And then there's so but, many you know new what? ones that's coming great. out. That's, yeah, exactly. exactly. so great that people are making all of these incredible films and that they're all being released and that people are watching them. Like, that's awesome. We're, we're living in such an incredible time for filmmaking. I know. We're just... in the golden age of media, I believe. We're like, oh yeah. We if you so... look, there's incredible music, incredible films, and incredible TV everywhere. Mm. Incredible and that's video especially... games, you know. 
it's especially great for people that want to work in the industry because it's no longer something that you have exactly. to, like you, you don't have to be born within a family who already originated in the industry. You can join it because there's so much that needs to be done. And there's so many crew members, so many people that they need to do that. You know? And I think streaming is a, was a, a plays a huge part in the a step up. Yes. 100%. Of what we've had, and I think people don't give it enough credit. People like streaming ruined, you know, cinema. I think streaming made cinema so much more Honestly, uh, accessible and so much better. I mean, streaming gives so many more jobs. You know, it gives so many people exactly. jobs that you wouldn't expect it. And like, um, and then like, like I mean, you look at cinema nowadays. You look at what, what's happening outside of the streaming of streaming, and I mean, you look at what. Disney's doing they're buying up Fox and they're laying off hundreds and hundreds of people while people like Amazon Prime and Netflix they're giving people all of this work to do you know they're, exactly. they're adding so many especially like in Nova Scotia too which is like I mean lock and key right. right that's that was filmed in Lunenburg and that gave a ton of people jobs and that's Netflix I still need to check that out yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, independent companies like A24 giving some Yarmouth boys some jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny because, like, everybody around Nova Scotia knows what Yarmouth is, like, which is funny. They they know, like, That's the funny. lighthouse and everything. It's pretty great. Like, it's become a huge thing Then now. you go to America, and no one knows. I mean, a lot of people no do know the lighthouse, too. Yeah, yeah, everybody thinks it was, like, filmed in Maine or something. Or just some small independent fishing village, but... Yeah, I mean, I feel like we should probably conclude this now, just because it's any minute now it's going to yeah. start making out on us. But okay, cool. Right. Well, awesome. So, uh, yeah, so, it was a good episode. Thank you for coming yeah, on, no, man. No problem, man. Uh, whenever I'm free, I mean, I'm I'm glad to join. You know, I'm always I'm always talking about film, and if if I can get it recorded, then that's 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 a win for me. <laughs> oh man, exactly. yeah, I know. And for people. Uh, thanks for having me. And for on. people listening, basically, no problem, man. It was great. Yep. For people listening, we're gonna. I'm gonna be trying to uh, to record as many podcasts as I can um, when I have topics. I have a lot of topics I want to talk about. A lot of people I want to talk to. So mm. hopefully, Trinity can come back on soon. We can talk about some other things. You know, I have so many things in mind, and uh, expect more episodes coming out, more guests, and yeah. 